Welcome into another episode of New York Her. I'm your host, Caroline Hendershot, and today we have a very special guest. Caitlin Reagan is joining the show. Caitlin, thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you are an influencer. Majority like of it came from TikTok, but an influencer and a podcast host of Let's Talk with Caitlin Reagan. So I want to talk about kind of how we know each other is because you come to a few Jets games this year. How was that experience? Because, I mean, I'm almost immune to it at this point because that's like my second home, but I just feel like the energy that people get there, the experience they have there is always like top notch. I just love games. Everybody is there for a good time. Like Mm -hmm. nobody wants to argue with nobody unless you're talking bad about the Jets, of course, but (laughs) everybody's there is just overall to support and like, I don't know. It's just nice to like be in an environment where everybody's just like having a good time. Yes. You know? So for me, like I go there and like all my problems in my actual life don't matter. And it's just like you let loose and you have a beer and you have fun. Yes. And I feel like, like the energy inside the stadium is always very palpable. So like if you go there and you're like, okay, I'm a mediocre fan of like one of the teams or whatever. As soon as you enter MetLife, I just feel like it's immediately like takes over. It is. Yeah. It is. It's always such a good time, and I love going with friends, and it's it's really fun. Did you really always fun. grow up a Jets fan because you were born in Brooklyn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love that. I never was, like, so into sports because I come from a more of, like, a female-dominant um, upbringing, but I had a couple guy friends growing up, and they loved the Jets, and I was like, okay, I love the Jets, too. Yeah. And so here we are, and the Jets are just great. Okay, so let's talk, let's get into that female upbringing. I know you were born and raised in Brooklyn, but what was that experience like for you? Because I feel like Brooklyn is just such a unique place in and of itself. And so growing up with that atmosphere and then with your female-oriented upbringing, what was that like for you? So I come from the city. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my norm. It's all I knew. I love it. It's so up pace. It teaches you how to be rough and just like very blunt and straightforward. <laughs> um, I never realized how cool it was to be from New York until I went away to college in Florida. And whenever I would say like, oh, I'm from Brooklyn and New York and everybody's like, oh, I want to go visit you. And I'm like, wow, like this is like, <laughs> I didn't know people love New York like this much. So um, it's just really awesome. And being near Manhattan, there's no place like Manhattan. And there's just always high energy. And I I love it. So I know you acted and danced a lot growing up. Do you feel like Brooklyn kind of brought that out of you in any way? I do. I think that I just... I, I don't know. I when I my elementary school, there was a dance studio right next door to it. And I would always like walk home from school with my mom and I was like, I want to go there. And she's like, all right, let's sign a kid up to dance. And yep. you know, I feel like because everything's so close, like everything's very walking distance. Mm-hmm. That's like the, the beauty of the city. And you just see things and you're like, I want to try this, I want to try that. And it's all like right in front of you. It's so hard to like turn things down. So yes. So take me through kind of growing up and realizing that social media was like a possibility of a career because I feel like when I was growing up it was it was kind of there but it wasn't like many people were doing it I think I was like at one point I had like a hundred followers on Instagram and I was like this is so cool like I reached triple digits and now it's such a different world with social media 
Well, it's actually crazy. So my, I love telling this story. This is going to be my biggest flex for life. <laughs> um, the, the reason that I started was when I was 15 years old, I was Justin Bieber's One Less Lonely Girl. Okay. <laughs> so he called me up on stage. And when Instagram first came out, it was around that time. And I think at the time I had like a thousand followers and that was like huge. Right. You know, so from a very early age, I've always kind of had this following and then I went to college and they kind of watched me grow up and it started to like triple and it just slowly like my followers kind of watched me evolve from such a young age, which is really, really cool. So was it that moment that kind of you, that made you realize that this could be something? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was like, this is cool. You know, it's very hard to be able to get in touch with other sides of the world and just people that don't live, you know, around you. And I was like, whoa, like, this is so cool. Like I can literally like inbox, like somebody that lives in California. Like mm -hmm. it was just, it was a whole new world and right. it was so intriguing. And I, I just knew at an early age that there was something to it. So when you start to kind of grow this following at 15 and then beyond into college and beyond, were there ever points where it was almost too hard being so open and being so upfront with an entire following where you don't know a ton of them personally, but like they all follow you and you have to be completely kind of transparent at most times? Yeah, um, I definitely, I always say that my content really does reflect my real life and that can be really challenging because like, I'm so young trying to like navigate this world. And when you're like sharing like what you're doing and how you're doing it and where you're going next, like a lot of people have a lot to say about it. And when you're like still trying to learn yourself, it's just, it kind of throws you around in a million different directions when people think they know what's better for you than right. you do. Right. How, how have you, or how did you deal with that when you were at such like a vulnerable age, I feel like of kind of that transition from high school to college and then in college there's no real way to deal with it. I right. think it's, um, I think it's, you kind of just, I, I, for me, I fell into it and I was like, okay, well, what are people telling me that I should be doing? Cause then they know better than me. I always thought that everybody knew it was better for me, but I think that the only way to like understand that that's not true is like inner work. Mm -hmm. So it's like outside of social media where you're like, okay, like who am I? Because I can't show up to the world not knowing who I am because everybody, if I don't know who I am, everybody's going to try and tell me who I am. Right. So it's, it was just like taking some time off too, like having that balance, not right. always being glued to your phone and being present and right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to come back to that in a minute of the taking time off, but take me to 2019 when the show paradise hotel gets rebooted. How did you find yourself in the like audition aspect for that show? That was such a fun process. They like DM me on Instagram. We're like, hi, would you be interested in a reality show? And at first I thought it was like a, like a joke and a scam. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they were like, yeah, all we have to do is just call you and like get to know you. And I was like, all right, I'll get on the phone call. I get on the call. It's just like such fun vibes. And it was, it, it was just so nice. And like, they really just want you to be yourself. And I think that's what's so cool about reality TV. And um I just kept going on the next phone call and then the zoom like this and getting to know like the producers and like what they were really looking for. And it was a great, it was a great experience. Honestly, I, I don't know how I got selected. Honestly, Was there any part of the, like not even the audition itself, but the actual show that you weren't really either expecting to like that you ended up liking or maybe something 
thought was just like, oh, this is not how I expected reality TV to go. Reality TV, I, I personally, like, even though it was a great experience, I don't think I would ever do it again. Mm -hmm. It's, it, there's cameras in your face at all times, um, you know, in like very discreet places where you're like, okay, like I need a second of myself, please don't look at me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the goal of a reality show is to be super dramatic. And I think that I was having a hard time keeping up with that because I'm like, why are you crying? It's not that serious. Like right. I was just like that person on the show, maybe it's the Brooklyn mm -hmm. in me. Um, <laughs> But I, I just felt like I couldn't keep up with the energy. It was a lot. It was a lot. There was a lot going on. Right. And it's it's pretty 24-7. And it's like you were saying, cameras in your face all the time. And that's, I don't think anyone really ever gets used to that. I know, like I was talking to Sammy Sweetheart from Jersey Shore, and she was like, that aspect is like kind of crazy because at first it's overwhelming and then you almost get weirdly adjusted to it, but still never completely comfortable because you know there's a camera there. Absolutely. And I think for like something like the Jersey Shore, I think I would like vibe with more. But for like what I was on, it was like a game show and a right. love show. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you don't realize like what you will do to win money until <laughs> like you're in that position. Like I would like step back and be like, I don't even know who I am anymore to win $250,000. Like right. anything. It takes know? over. The competitive drive just takes over. That's okay. It that happens over. sometimes. So do you feel like it was after that show that the social following really took off for you? you yeah definitely what was That's that where, like um I think that first they want to like follow you after the show to see like you know do you keep up with the other cast members and are you still with the boy that you left with and I think it was fun at first but then I was like hey like I'm kind of moving on from this chapter me and so-and-so didn't work out like let's go and find this new version of me that's not Paradise Hotel. Right. But it's nice because, you know, they come from that show and they watch you there and then they watch you evolve out of the show and who you become after. So was it, so I feel like this is always how, like kind of the evolution of a TikTok influencer begins. Is like, I was just bored. Crazy. It was yes. the thick of COVID. It was this new app that everyone was on and we just started posting. But how do you kind of, begin to get that following and then also allow yourself to be like thinking about it in a serious enough way where it could turn into something but also at the same time like you downloaded it on a whim so like is this really Literally. something like what was that whole process for you well the cool thing about tiktok at the time was that you know before reels were a thing on instagram yep. instagram was simply just pictures mm -hmm. and it was very hard to show who you are and show your personality like through that so when TikTok came out, I was like, I want to make talking videos and I want to just see if like I could connect with anybody and show this this version of me. And um, at first, again, like we were me and my boyfriend at the time were just like posting just like funny pranks. We had no idea that a career is even possible off this app. It was just for fun. And um, it just I don't know how it became like the next biggest thing. Like it, it's crazy to me too to like comprehend it. It right. was so random. Right. And it's it's funny because now you look back and it's almost like I can't really imagine life without it. But right. but then it just kind of became its own thing. So I think it was probably a combination of all of us being home and less busy oh, yeah. and looking for something new that helped its popularity, but a hundred percent it it's crazy how that like alters people's lives. But what I want to touch on with you is you kind of mentioned taking a break from social media. And I know that what 
part of being an influencer comes with the good and the bad and sharing that online. And you dealt with some of the most unthinkable tragedies. And last year, your boyfriend passed and you kind of shared that entire process with TikTok. How has being so open about that kind of helped you through this process? Well, for two reasons, because number one, when you're like communicating your story to people and you're explaining like where you are and how you're feeling, it helps you kind of release emotions and not only like release, you're also like comprehending as you're speaking and just talking things through is so helpful. And then being able to like tell my story and like hearing other people say like, I understand what you're saying because I've also dealt with this in this specific way. I lost my father. I lost my mother. I lost a sister, a brother, a best friend, like you're like, wow, I'm not alone because loss at this age, it's it's not as, as, um, it feels not as common, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was just nice to like build a community and have people to connect with. And I know they felt the same as well with me. Now, when you took that break, was it hard because obviously you needed some time to yourself, but was it almost hard not having that community there at the same time? Yes, it definitely was really hard not to like, have what I was so used to, but mm-hmm. I was in such like a dark place that I don't even think I was like comprehending like who I was or what was going on. It was so fuzzy that I don't, I don't think I was even capable of being able to be on social media. So it was hard, but it also wasn't because I was like, I just, I didn't have a passion for anything anymore Right when I lost him. And then after you kind of, you, you take your break and you come back onto social media. Is that when you had the idea for your podcast? Well, when I was off social media for a while, the first, I was off for a year. So I had a lot of time to really like comprehend and think about how do I want to reapproach this me by myself as an individual, because everybody always knew me and him. And we were this couple as, as two. And what I, what I thought to, to do was that I was like, I really want to create a podcast because it's the only way that like, I can really articulate my story and my thoughts and where I've been and how I've been doing in like a, a larger, larger frame of time. Cause TikTok's very short. It's like, you know, really like who's really watching more than like a minute long. Mm-hmm. So um, I sat down with myself and I sat down with uh, a couple of his best friends that we just picked apart, like everything that happened. And I just told the story backwards and it was so therapeutic to like, this was all being filmed. Like my whole season one of my podcast before I got back and that was Kind of when I came back, I just like released it and was like, I'm back. Yes. Here it is. Yes. And so that was almost like more healing than you probably expected. Oh my God. It, it, it really took me from, it took me like eight steps forward in my healing process. I, I recommend, I know that not everybody does social media, but whether it's sitting down with yourself and like just recording for you to listen back one day of you just speaking out or like writing down, like just releasing is like beyond. Yes. Whether it's like journaling or talking it through with someone, I think like getting things out of your brain and like out, whether it's into the universe or onto a piece of paper is like the best way to kind of grow and heal and help yourself now how has this last year been for you with like your personal growth and what have you seen from yourself I just realized that I, I don't think I ever thought that at, when it first happened that I would get 
through it and be able to be standing right now. So number one, it showed me how strong I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds corny, but I don't think sometimes we realize as humans, like how much we really are capable of taking. And then like, you start to feel like invincible. You're like, you know, I'm able to get through this. There's so much like, come on, you know, Mm -hmm. like literally bring it on. Um, And also just, I think it's cool to be like a online personality because it's like a resume. Like I'm watching myself like slowly, like I can go down and scroll and like just watch the evolution of me growing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a place where it's been almost two years and I'm trying to put myself out there and date again. So going from someone that was at rock bottom and, and didn't even like know my name to like now, like taking these next steps is, is just a really beautiful evolution. And it's been like such a big year for you. You've gotten to do such like amazing things you you even got to go to New York Fashion Week and yeah. participate in that what was that whole experience like for you that was that was like a really eye-opening experience for me because I think I was like wow like I've really not only did I come back and like find the strength but I'm I'm making progress like mm-hmm. I'm I'm here right now how did I get here how am I sitting front row of a fashion show in this beautiful outfit like we don't realize how well we're doing in life until sometimes moments like that where we're like wait what mm-hmm. I'm here you it's know, like, I, it's an eye opening experience. Yeah. Even being here right now, like she wants to sit down and talk with me. Like, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's really nice. Okay. So I am, that was such an amazing, I feel like I just learned so much about you, but I feel like I want to put you on what we like to call the Hendy's hot seat. It's three questions Ooh. and it's the first answer that comes to your mind. And I'm going right. to just put you on the hot seat. You're going to do great, but ready. Are you ready, ready. for it? I'm ready for it. Okay, first question. I know you said that you didn't want to go back into reality TV, but if there is one reality TV show that you wish you could be on, what would it be? All right, I'm going to have to say Love Island because my mom loves it, even though that goes against (laughs) what I was just saying. Love Island. (laughs) That's fair because I feel like everyone who watches Love Island immediately falls in love with it because it's just such entertainment. My mom's obsessed, so I'm like, fine for her. Love <laughs> <Island>. <laughs> okay, what would you say is the best part of your career, and what would you say is the hardest part of your career? The best part is being able to connect with so many people around the world, and mm-hmm. the worst is the comments and everybody putting judgment on your life. Yes, 100%. Okay, last but not least, Brooklyn mm-hmm. native. I know you have an answer for this. Where is the best place to get pizza in Brooklyn? Uh, Spoboni Gardens, l and That's oh, my favorite. The best. I know... Have you, have you tried it? Yes, I have. It's so good. It's so My good. Favorite. We actually have one of our coworkers lives in out in Brooklyn and picks it up on his way into MetLife every Sunday. So oh. I probably have it too much, but it is so, so good. He's a real one for that. Yep, yep, truly, <laughs> truly. Awesome. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for hopping on our episode of New Yorker. It was a joy to talk to you, and we appreciate the time. Thank you so much again for everything. This is so fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of New York Her. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Caroline Hendershot, and we will see you on the next episode of New York Her. Hey!